Welcome to American Roots Outdoor. Your host, Alex Rutledge, along in the studio with me is my producer, co-host, Redbone Mike Crace, and also conservation agent, Langston. Yeah. Well, we got a great show lined up, everybody. As you all know, you're seeing deer along the road, seeing them everywhere. The rut is kicking in full force. Would you agree? It's definitely getting here. It is. <laughs> I've, I've been seeing lots of bucks starting to chase does and stuff. So it, it ought to it ought to make for an interesting deer season. It's not up. peaked out yet. No, it, it's it's the front part of the peak. Would you agree? I yeah, definitely. Alex, you know where I'm seeing the most deer? Where are you seeing most of them? Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, dead deer. <laughs> There's a lot of deer being killed, everybody, and I, yeah. I tell you what, we got to take our hats off to MDC, what's going on here, you know. There is concerns about CWD and EHD, mm-hmm. and uh, that's why uh, Agent Langston's here today, and we're going to talk about that and uh, get everybody in sync with the rules and regulations and what's going on. They're doing testing, and we're going to talk about that. But uh, we got district football playoffs coming up. Yep. And... Well, by the time this airs, games will have been played, but Thayer's playing a Kabul in the uh, Class 1 District 2, and the uh, winner of that one moves on to play the winner of the uh, Pierce City-Miller game. Uh, you're about to view Street Liberty Eagles playing at home with Willow Springs. Winner of that one will move on to play the winner of the Ava, and who's playing in that one? Uh, Ava Mountain Grove? Uh, no, uh, Ava in East Newton. Uh, then, of course, Salem, Missouri, played on Friday night against Blair Oaks. And in the Class 4, District 6, West Plains hosting undefeated Bolivar and Webb City and Willard. So, yeah, district playoffs going on. Semi-final going on, week. going on. Yeah. yeah. And before we get to it, Agent Langston, I want to mention uh, the youth hunt was this past weekend. 18,000 deer killed by the youth in Missouri. 18,000. A little over 18,000. Now, what was our record? What was the count last year? 13,000 something. Yeah. It was we beat it. We beat it. I knew. I knew it was going to be good. Yeah. Well, uh, we, we had. Um a much uh, we had really good weather this weekend it was cool of a morning and it stayed cool but it was still warm enough for the kids to get out and enjoy exactly. a hunt but it still had that cool cool fall feel to it mm-hmm. you know a lot of a lot of years we get it's just too hot yeah right. and yeah. this year it felt really good and so. you know what i noticed i mean from from what i saw on facebook anyway uh, and the kids that i talked to most of the deer they killed were in the afternoon it seemed like the evening hunt seemed to be a whole lot better than the morning. Maybe the kids didn't get up because it was really cold Saturday morning. Yeah. And they didn't get up and go quite as early and went later and, and a lot of midday deer. And then in Arkansas, Alex, and here's your comparison, 7,200. 7,200. They, they done Which is still good. a good number, but yeah. it's 11,000 less than the Missouri youth killed over the same two days. So I guess that wall along the state line, not allowing the deer to go back and forth or what. I, talk, I talked to one guy, and he said, he said, oh, our kids just scared them up into Oregon County. <laughs> well, we could scare a few down in Arkansas. We, 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 we got plenty, we I tell to. you. We do. I tell you what, uh, the deer numbers are tremendous. But I want to go back to what you said. We had cooler temperatures. And, you know, many topics have been discussed about does weather affect the rut. 
It does, everybody. I yeah. promise you. If the weather's colder, it makes the deer want to move better. And if it gets hot, they don't want to move just like humans. We want to stay where it's cool, etc. So it slows down our movement, and uh, it does hinder the rut if it's warm. Uh, being too cold will cause the deer to get up on their feet and eat. Yep. 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 So great topic, great subject. Let's talk about what's going on in the Ozarks right here. Let's talk about the concerns of CWD EHD. Well, uh, which a lot of people contribute, they get a little mixed up on they EHD do. and CWD, which EHD, we'll start off with that. It's better known as blue tongue. Uh, it's hemorrhagic disease. Um, and typically we see most of our cases of that in August and September. The drier it is, the hotter it is, we'll see more cases of that come right. out. Um, deer, typical signs are deer are going to look very thin, very poor, um, and will typically die next to a water source. Um, this particular disease attacks their mouth, blue tongue. Blue tongue right. um, it'll eat their teeth out, destroys the mouth. What happens, everybody, if I may interject? Go right ahead. Uh, the, the larvae, the flies will fly up into their nostrils, and uh, what happens is some of these water holes when it gets so dry and muddy, and they lay eggs in there and stuff too. And they may even consume some of it. Yeah. But the, the, the fly will get up in their nostrils, and they go in there and lay larvae in the nostrils, and it causes them to hatch, and it can travel into the membrane, the main, uh, the brain. Yeah. And you want to elaborate That's on that? That's a horrible disease. Yeah. That's, yeah. And that's why you see some deer staggering or shaking their heads and whatever uh, and it, another thing that'll cause a deer to do that is bot fly bot, bot, mm -hmm. bot, yeah, it's yeah, bot fly yeah. larva mm -hmm. yeah. and, and the, if uh, you're that's ever, what i was touching on. if you ever out and you you hear deer coughing uh -huh. it's because it's got a whole bunch of bot fly, bot fly larva i've heard that right yeah. there in, it, in its larynx and stuff Ooh. and it'll cause them It'll cause them to cough and stuff, right. and I mean, you'd be amazed at how many bot fly larvae can get set in a deer's throat. It really you is. You probably wouldn't want to eat them. It's 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 pretty amazing. It is. All right, well, let's talk about the CWD because there's a new rule in effect for some counties that are are close or in our listening areas, and and that is the mandatory testing the opening weekend of rifle season. Yeah, and and just to touch on some of the counties that. Uh, of course, it's going to be new to Hal and Oregon County right. this year. Um, a couple counties, uh, Ozark County, which had it last year, Taney, Christian, Stone, and Barry, all across the southern border. Our, our next closest counties are going to be um, over around Perry, St. Genevieve, uh, St. Francis, Crawford. Yeah, over on the east uh, side. Yeah, Stoddard. Stoddard. Mm -hmm. um, th right. they, these are these were in it last year, so this is not new to, to the hunters so for these right. counties. But it is going to be new for our hunters here in Howland, Oregon County. And what what does what do they have to do, Jason? I mean, just clarify this and let everybody know. Well, the the biggest thing is, of course, it's only going to be the opening weekend of deer season, sixteenth and seventeenth. Um, oh, okay. That's the only two days that it's going to be. A lot of people, you know, they think it's a lot more, but no, it's just two days. Um, all you got to do, I mean, you do things like normal. You go out, you harvest your deer, uh, do everything normal, telecheck your deer in. Uh, the thing that we would like is if you would go ahead and field dress your deer, um, if you're going to bring the whole deer in. Uh, but or, not necessarily skin it, just field dress it. Yeah, just field dress it. Or you can um, just bring in the, the deer head and six inches of the neck with you. Um, you can do either way. 
if it's a big buck and you know you want to cape it off go ahead and cape that off so we can get in there um so you know we'll, we'll make some allowances for stuff you know uh, but basically then all you gotta do is take that in to one of the um, check stations and it'll take once you get up there it'll probably take five minutes to do this okay. um and uh but uh, don't expect uh, your results to get back for probably about 10 12 weeks um this oh, wow. time this time of the year um, like the early bow hunters you can get three to four weeks back Deer season is probably going to be 10 or 12. Question. Yes. Should people be concerned, uh, since they've got to wait 8 to 12 weeks, 4 to 12 weeks, whatever it may be, should they be concerned? I know the answer to this, but I wanted to ask that so our listeners would know. Well, here, I mean, I guess there's a couple different ways. Me, personally, I'm not overly concerned about it. Uh, But if you go um, with, like, uh, this... um, disease for center for disease control cdc mm-hmm. they um of course they say if your deer tests positive you should not eat that which makes total sense mm-hmm. um the the big thing for me is when you're out there um the two main layer areas that you really have to worry about on a deer is going to be the head and the spinal column as far as this infection mm-hmm. so try not to mess with the head and don't you know if you shoot a deer and you get a spinal column shot, you know you might want to just take that little section right around that and just don't cut even, it out. Yeah, just cut, cut it, it out. out. Don't even worry about it. Okay. Um, and, and clean stuff properly, like you should be doing anyway. But uh, your knives and stuff, you throw them in some bleach. Give that about 10, 15 minutes sitting in there in that bleach. If they're if this deer does have CWD, that'll take care of it mm-hmm. as far as keeping your stuff clean. Yeah. All right, so where are, in Howell and Oregon County, where are the check stations? So we've got about one minute here. Well, we'll start off here in Oregon County. We're going to have one um, right up here at the Kosh. It'll be at the Kosh uh, School Bus Barn. Okay. We're going to have one at Alton, and it's going to be at the Alton High School. We're going to have one at Couch at the high school and then one at the Wilderness out at the Wilderness Community Building. I believe that's on County Road 158. Okay. And Howe County, we are going to have one at Willow Springs at the City Hall, West Plains at the Ozark Regional Office, uh, Mountain View at the airport, and at Caulfield, it's right there at the Saddle Club, which is real easy to find. It's right there, 160 and 101. Yeah, I want to say to all of our listeners, it's very important that you uh, support this because uh, deer hunting generates a lot of revenue, but mm-hmm. also we, we want to protect this herd because we want our kids to be able to hunt deer in the future. If we don't protect it and, say, CWD takes over drastically, yeah. it could actually it could diminish be our herds real, real quick. Right. But anyway, we're going to go to a break. And you're listening to American Roots Outdoors. Mike, where did you get the American Roots Outdoors hat and shirt? Those are cool. Well, I got them online, believe it or not, and you can too. Anybody could if they're online. Absolutely. It's not a big deal. www.americanrootsoutdoors.com And my old pair of hunting boots passed on down, planted deep in the ground. Around your heart, so you never gotta worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Welcome back to American Roots. As we promised, we've got a special guest. This guy's a big buck killer, 
And I met this guy several years ago when I was with Hunter Specialties. This guy lives, sleeps, eats, breathes, whitetails. This guy's from Oklahoma. This guy was a roper. He still ropes. Played basketball, college baseball. This guy could have been a professional baseball player, Redbone. I think really? he's that good. Yeah. Wow. Jeff Danker of Buck Ventures, welcome to the show. Guys, man, Alex, I tell you, your uh, your words are way too kind. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm good at anything. I know I like a lot of stuff. <laughs> well, I know one thing about Jeff Danker. When you say the word Jesus or God, Jeff Danker will, will sure talk to you about him. And that's what I love about you, Jeff. You know, God has truly blessed you. Uh, and when I met you back in Oklahoma, when I come out and hunted with you that time, I knew you was a good man to, to invite me to come out with that guy I was with. And, and uh, you absolutely love God's creation, don't you? I do. I mean, it's uh, truly Alex and, you know, it's people like you that I've watched too. And, and to, to know that we don't just use his name, we, we truly on. live for him. And, and, you know, we all make mistakes, but uh, I know that my hunting – you know, if you call it a career or whatever you call it, it's it's only because God's given me the platform to use for Him, and and so that is my number one thing. Before we go any further here, let's talk about Jeff Danker's American Roots. You're from Oklahoma. Tell us what city, and talk about your parents and uh, who instilled hunting into your, your your heart and your mind. Well, Alex, I mean, I grew up in a little town called Wellston. Uh, it lays right in between Oklahoma City and Tulsa on route 66 there uh and and you know that's where my mom and dad raised me raised me in the country there on a, on a dirt road called middle othian and and uh shoot uh dad started taking me alex as a four-year-old uh coon hunting you know that's what we did right there in no red dirt right there in lincoln county oklahoma and uh i remember being out with him and just coon hunting and and you know then he introduced me to to horses and roping and and as we, you know, went, uh, started coyote hunting as a young teenager with greyhounds. And, um, you know, and, and one thing I'll say, my dad and my mom, my mom made me go to church. Oh, yeah. You know, I remember, made you go to I church. I remember, Alex, the, the roping pen, you know, they'd be roping down there. And, and on Sundays, it was, I couldn't rope. And I remember being so mad, but I was so thankful looking back that my mom made me be in, in church. And, and then... Uh, and then my dad, you know, just taught me. He just took me with him. I mean, he invested in me by letting me go with him. And, and um, and, and you know, he taught me how to work. I mean, my dad still has a roofing company to this day. And and so, you know, uh, I, I owe so much to them. And, and as we all know, I mean, parents are, are such a big part of a, a child's life. Yeah, it's your roots, man. That's why you're where you're at today is because of your American roots. And I don't mean that, no pun intended, but think about it. You know, the roots of God, who's his son, Jesus Christ, come to die for you and I and every one of us. It's being passed down, not only our faith and Christianity, but your love of roping and sports, etc. been handed down to you because yeah. you're of somebody. So it's about the roots, you know. So that being That's said, right. yeah, um, yeah, we I, I got one of my co-hosts also here. This is Wayne Locke, our brand manager. He wants to ask you a quick question here. Hello, Wayne. Hey, how you doing today? Good. 
Well, I got a, a question for you. Since you've been out, I'm sure this year already. How's the uh, activity going where you're at, and uh, what's your plans in the next couple of weeks? Where are you going to be? Well, Wayne, I just pulled into my lodge in Laverne, Oklahoma, right now. So I have uh, some, some ground out here in Laverne, and uh, that was my there. mother's name, Laverne. Oh, really? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Well. Well, Laverne, Oklahoma. So, yeah, activity's been pretty good. We've been fortunate enough, Wayne, to have some really good cold fronts early. Uh, my daughter shot a 160-inch deer on wow. opening day with her bow, um, and that was just a, a, a unbelievable night, an evening for us. And I shot a pretty good one last week, and, and then I'm after a big drop-time deer tonight. So um, the movement's good. We've got another cold front right now. It's really, really cold here. Pressure is like 30.57 right now. Wow. Um, we're right on the front end of the rut, so big bucks are moving around. And uh, I tell you, anybody that, that, that that's listening or will listen, yeah. today, tomorrow, the pressure is unreal. But I'm going to tell you right now, wherever you're at, you need to look Monday and Tuesday. I haven't seen the pressure this high in maybe five years. On Tuesday, it will be 30.70. Oh, my. And if you have a big deer, he will be on his feet, guaranteed on, on yeah. Tuesday. Well, you, and I know here in Missouri, it's going to be uh, 68 degrees on Sunday, but then um, it, it, it's just going to bust open on Monday because they're talking a low of 17 degrees Monday morning. And that's, uh, right. that's yeah, going to be a – you're talking a 50-degree drop overnight. Those bucks are going to be at it. Yeah. Monday, Tuesdays, there's going to be some – even Wednesday, some big bucks are going to fall. Oh, yes. Let yeah, me I, ask you this to your listeners right now. You talked about pressure. Ta- to explain to people about pressure. Well, the biggest thing with pressure, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie that I know all the whatever, but I can tell you I have studied it as a deer hunter, as a, you know, listen to people talk about pressure. So I have the app. I mean, heck, I'm using Drury's app right now. Oh, yeah. DeerCast. DeerCast. You know, and it's telling you, it's telling you the future, you know. And um, so watching exactly what Wayne's talking about, too, to me, you, you look for those drops in temperatures of at least 15 degrees. Yeah. And then along with that pressure, and the pressure, I believe, is even has I, I believe it has effects on us. I believe it makes you it feel better, makes you, and, and and so that with the deer, and again, my study is just to say, look at the big deer I've shot. I mean, I shot a 189 inch typical two years ago with a 30.55 pressure and rising with a cold front. I mean, wow. those kind of deals when it happens, people need to know about it, and they need to know. Make sure and go find that and, and know that in three days there's going to be big-time pressure because it is one of the number one things, along with date and cold weather. You're right. Redbone's going to jump in here, my producer. Yeah, and, you know, another thing okay. uh, about this, Alex, with the, with the pressure being at an all-time high early next week, we're also going to be in that, you know, just that period right after a full moon because we've got mm-hmm. the full moon uh, coming in on the 13th. So we're going to be in that time of the full moon. You know, three days either side of the full moon is a great time for deer activity. So it, it's like, you know, Jeff, everything is coming together for maybe the ultimate couple <laughs> yeah. of days to deer hunt. Oh, and it, it is. I mean, I'm literally, I'm going to, I want to tell everybody I can, because I think a lot of people don't realize that they don't see that. But, I mean, I just want to yell out to everybody I can that, man, get in the woods in the next, you know, these next four or five days. And especially, like I said, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it will be off the charts. I mean, you know, I killed that, that big deer, you know, last week, and the same thing happened. I mean, I had pictures of him, had pictures of him, and I seen a big uh, front 
and then along with a pressure was 30.57. And uh, I told my, my field producer, I said, dude, we will see that deer tonight. And sure enough, we went and killed him. I mean, and that is stuff over and over I'm seeing. And, you know, not to say that you're not hunting when it's not great pressure, but I'm saying don't hunt those really good spots. You know, if you take those spots that, that you have history with and, uh-huh. and those spots and leave them alone till you get that pressure system along with a, a temperature drop, I truly believe your percentages go up every year if you'll learn to do that and stay out of those better spots until it's right. Yeah, and this goes kind of what, one of the things that Alex has been teaching me uh, for about seven, eight years now, and that is hunt smart and hunt hard. Yeah. But when you do hunt, you got to hunt smart. And and what you're describing to me is kind of like a bowl of chili. You know, if you got all the ingredients right, you're going to have some awesome chili, but you can't rush it. You got to let it sit there. You got to wait right. till the time's right before you dig in on it. Everything's a system in life. Think about it. It's kind of like building a house. You got to have a foundation to build that house, you know. Then you got to have, yeah. uh, you go frame that house. Then you put it together. So there's procedures to, to yeah. doing things. And what's going on here to our listeners is that Jeff Danker sleeps, eats, breathes whitetail hunting, and that's why he wants to talk about barometric pressure with you because he's got a system, too, that he uses. He depends on the pressures, and he pays attention to the moon. He pays attention to uh, the temperatures. He pays attention to what's going on in that area. Then he's got a plan of attack, and he's going in there, and he's killing these big deer. You know, that's well, how he's I mean, doing it. Well, I mean, you know, Alex, how it is, I mean, we're all busy. I yeah. mean, I got a, I got two little girls and a wife. I want to be home as much as I can. Yeah, I do this for a living, but I don't want to be out there when I don't have to. I don't there want to go. mess things up, and I know everybody else is busy, too. And if you can take, you know, like I said, there's never any guarantees, but if you start playing that system, because you're exactly right, so many people today are just trying to get lucky. And do they sometimes? Yeah. But that luck will not consistently do what they want it to do. They, it won't consistently bring those big bucks in. And more times than not, trying to get lucky is going to hurt you. Exactly. Everybody, you're listening to Jeff Danker from Buck Ventures. You're listening to American Roots In my old pair of hunting boots, passed on down, planted deep in the ground around your heart. So you never gotta worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Welcome to American Roots Outdoors, and what a great show we're having, guys. Wayne, the Redbone, this Jeff Danker, Jeff's still on the line with us. He's dedicated. Added a whole new dimension to my deer hunt. I've never paid much attention to the barometric pressure, but I will from now on. Oh, I'm telling you, even fishermen pay attention to it, don't yeah. they, Jeff? Oh, it's, yeah. And I mean, it, you know, and I tell you, Alex, even probably back in the day, you know, when I met you, I wasn't paying attention to it. I felt like I was doing some things right and playing the wind and that kind of stuff, but throwing that barometric pressure into it. And, you know, maybe the Drury's brought that to us. I don't know really who did. But I'm gonna tell you, that doesn't matter. It got yeah. got to be in your arsenal if you're a if you're a deer hunter. Yeah, I've got a guy here in the studio with me, and it's Jimmy Clark, and I want to bring him in part of your interview here real quick. Uh, Jimmy has never uh, killed a nice buck, and yesterday I rattled and grunted him in a three and a half year old Cole eight pointer, and uh, Jimmy got to watch the deer come all the way across the Eagle Seed food plot. And uh, the barometric pressure was pretty good yesterday. Yeah. It was. But the ultimate is like 30. 
is where you wanted at. But Jimmy, tell Jeff and all of our listeners real quick about your experience with this buck. And uh, you had three encounters with this buck. He's got good time length. Uh, you'll see him on our Facebook page. But uh, tell him real quick about your experience. It was wonderful. It was like, you know, God had his hand on me yesterday morning. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. It was he. He grunted a couple of times. He rattled. Alex did. Had deer come from 200 yards in. Sniffed at a a scrape that he mock scraped that uh, Alex freshened up. Within 25 yards, we put the wop on him and it was over. But it, the emotion I had yesterday is unbearable because. Like I said, I felt like God had His hand on me. He knew exactly. <laughs> he knew exactly what deer I wanted. Yeah, he had three encounters. He had three encounters with him, Jeff, on film, and we, we had him within 50, uh-huh. 55 yards. We had him at forty five yards, and I wouldn't let him shoot him with a crossbow. And finally, yesterday yeah. evening, it was right. We was wasn't in there no more than thirty minutes breaking the line. I should done a time lapse on. I'm filming it, of course, and <laughs> done a rattling grunting sequence. And one minute, here he comes. Prancing straight to yeah. us, and it was over. Well, and and people that haven't experienced exactly what he just described, they can't understand that feeling. I mean, it's just something you can't explain to someone. It's, it's uh, yeah, it, it never gets old. Well, I want to say this, you know, being able to film Jimmy and and to watch his reaction after he shot this hundred and twenty five inch deer. I watched Jimmy literally break into tears. And uh, I've been doing this for 35 years, and I can remember when I used to get teared up of killing a deer like that. And as I progressed and killed bigger deer, etc., I seem to have lost that. But uh, Jimmy gave me a reality check yesterday that hunting is really about the experience more than it is the, uh, the inches of horn. But it's okay for people to hunt inches of horn. I, I don't have a problem with that. But it really just gave me a reality check, you know, to see... Mm-hmm. his reaction and i thought wow you know too much well yeah go ahead well i mean i just think I, I think you're hitting on something really good i mean because the thing of it is alex and you know me and you we've been doing this a long time yeah. and you know we we were we were put in the deal where maybe i know when i started i didn't know any better i was i was hunting for somebody else there you I go come was. on and I, and I had to learn, and God showed me, you know, I hunt for myself now. I'm hunting, I'm hunting because I love it. I, you know, do I get criticized at times? Absolutely. Do I get praised at times? Absolutely. But, again, it doesn't matter to me anymore. I'm hunting for, for myself. Now, again, do I have, you know, we're filming it, we're putting it on television, we want people to like it, but, but I truly am filming. And that's what Jimmy did yesterday. He was hunting for himself. Yes, yes. And when you do that, that's the emotion that comes out. And, and again, you know, this deal, you know, I hear all the time, well, you can't, you know, trophy hunters, da-da-da. Well, listen, you just be who you are. I mean, that's who I've become. I wasn't always that way. But right now, I really like finding big deer and then going after those big deer. And I don't want someone to tell me that's wrong. And it's not do, wrong. So be it. That's Let, me Let me interrupt. Let me interrupt. It's not time. wrong. I'm I'm fine with someone just going out and shooting a, a forker. I don't care. Yeah. But be who you are. Yeah. I, I I agree with you. It's everybody's right to hunt what they want, as long as it's legal. And I'm like you. I love to shoot big, mature deer. Uh, I I'm, I don't kill as many big deer as you do, 
but I've killed some good ones in my time, and there's nothing wrong oh, with what yeah. you're doing, Dank. Not a thing wrong with what you're yeah, doing. Yeah. But nope. I just wanted to touch on to all of our listeners that he gave me a reality check of, man, this guy comes to hunt with me, and it meant, it really meant something deep to him. And he said, and I'm going to let you share that. Listen to this guy, because this is good. What come to your mind after you shot that deer, Jimmy, if you don't mind to share with all of our listeners? Well, not only did I have God's hand on me, afterwards I seen a buck in, after uh, Alex went back to get the truck, another big buck come out in the middle of the field, stood there, watched me take everything out of the blind, still stood there and looked at me, and it felt like my father was there with me the whole time. When I took my phone out to take a picture, he snorted, nodded his head and he was gone in a matter of seconds it just the chill just ran down my back i i just can't express it anymore it's you know people they take their kids out and they're happy for their first deer my children break down when they kill a deer because they feel the presence of god and their family around them and they know that not only is it going to feed the family it's an experience of a lifetime that they can handle on from generation to generation to make the tradition live on. That's good stuff. Right. That's good stuff right there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, you know, we're looking at the, your Facebook page. We just seen your daughter's big deer. And, and tell us what it means for you, and we're going to a different subject here, for you to pass on your roots. we got about two minutes here before we wrap it up. Mm, but well, real quick, share, what does it I mean will. for you to hunt with your kids? Well, just the, the time and, and God's great outdoors with them, you know, and, and being able to, uh, you know, share what I love and to see the interest that she has in that. And, and, you know, my other daughter doesn't hunt a lot, and my wife doesn't hunt a lot, and it's okay. I mean, you know, we we love each other, and it, and it's, it is through God in everything. I mean, it, that, that's where it comes from. So, you know, my oldest daughter and I get to spend a ton of time in the woods together, and it means a ton that I get to pass that on to her. But at the same time, with my other daughter, Alex, I, I, I try to pass on other things with her as well. And, and, and it's like I said, it's, it, it, you know, they both have killed deer, but one really loves it and the other doesn't as much. And, and that's okay. And, and um, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to kind of learn that, if you will. I mean, be there like, you well, dang, you know, you don't want to go. And I think a lot of us dads, we, we need to be careful with that. Don't just shove whatever, because it is great, but it doesn't have to be like that with every child you have. Um, but now, again, just looking back at Jaylee and the big deer she shot and the love that I see that she has with that is, is incredible. But probably to sum it up more is to see that my, both of my daughters have accepted Christ. As oh, wow. Savior. Wow. That is, that is the ultimate. And that is as a dad, you know, I just cherish more than anything. There you have it, folks. Jeff Danker of Buck Ventures, a man of God, a big buck killing machine, a man that loves his family, a man that has mentored and passed his reach on to his kids. For the love of Christ. Uh, awesome, Redbone. Yeah, absolutely awesome. Dank, real quick, share with us. We're going to wrap her up here. How can people follow you? Where can they go to watch your shows? And how can they reach out to you? Well, so my show is on Sportsman's Channel. It's the main airings are on Wednesday night, so you can always go to Sportsman's Channel, Buck Ventures. We have another show called The Woodsman, which is a bunch of our pro staff guys that is on My Outdoor TV. It just dropped on Halloween 
I would, uh, anybody, I just, uh, you know, wish that y'all would go check that out. These are great men of God, regular guys being able to do that called the woodsman. And then for me, Instagram is, is where I interact with more people than anything. I'm on Facebook as well, but Instagram seems to be where I kind of mm-hmm. interact with more people. So just, uh, I think it's Stanker Jeff, I believe. Um, but, but he always dropped him at So you never got to worry. What the wind might do, American roots. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. What a great guest Redbone Jeff Tanker of Buck Ventures was. Yeah, and you know, here's the thing, Alex, and, and you know, from, from the guests we've had on the last couple of weeks is the knowledge that these gentlemen have. Mm-hmm. And, and each one of them shared with us something a little bit different. And, and, and that just, you know, and, and I'm sure people out there know people that, you know, they have mentored them in, in the deer woods or, or turkey woods or whatever. And then maybe somebody else talks and, and you learn so much. And, and I'm going to say this again. This is one of the reasons why I miss having the deer check stations, because you got to find information from those, you know, different people have different opinions on what works and what works best and good ideas. And the more of those people you can talk to and put all that information together and you can become a much better hunter. Yep. In the studio, part two of our show is Officer Agent uh, Mr. Langston. Mr. Langston, again, uh, thank you for being in the studio with us and we commend you what you do uh, and what MDC is doing for our wildlife. You know, mm-hmm. we got great programs going on here. We got elk now. We got some people's sports, some against it. And we got black bear. We got turkeys. We got deer. We got the hogs, which we don't want. <laughs> we do not want the hogs. I don't. No. No. I don't want them. Did you see the no. picture Rod, uh, Rob Elder posted this morning on Facebook about uh, his buddy had left town for a week and came back and hogs had tore up about 20 acres of his pasture? I mean, because there was nobody on the farm. And the hogs absolutely tore it up. They can do it fast. Let's talk about that real quick, since we're talking about hogs. and Just a quick in and out here. Yeah. A lot of people are upset why people can't hunt government land, the hogs with dogs, etc. Do you, you have a response to that? And I, I, I think I know, because they're afraid MDC don't want the hog spread, and the dogs running will cause the hog spread further into other areas. Am I correct? Well, that is one aspect of it, most definitely. Um, we can kill more of them if we trap them, keep them localized, and not spread them. Uh, the other part of it is you're making a sport into it. And if, if people are out there, they're, they're putting money into dogs, vests, and all this stuff, and then they're bringing people in, oh. paying for hunts, uh. they're, they're making a sport out of it. Um, and they're, they're, gonna, taking, and they're, from, they're get, taking from everybody. Yeah. And they're going to get really upset if, you, if all the hogs are gone. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, they will get very <laughs> upset, which then brings people to the conclusion that you need to turn more loose. Right. Um, so, you know, I mean, it can cause problems all the way around. And, of course, hogs directly compete with everything. They do. Every wild animal that we have here in the state of Missouri. Mm-hmm. They they directly compete with that. And you brought up deer hunting and, yeah. and money. 
deer hunting is a multi-million dollar industry here in the mm-hmm. state of Missouri. Um, and, and why would you want hogs to compete with that? And yeah. why would you want hogs to run? To run it. And it can run our deer numbers. And turkeys. Oh, yeah. I mean. Now talk to the boys in Oklahoma. Talk to the boys <laughs> in Texas. Uh, Texas I'm especially. telling you. You know, hey, I'll kill a hog if I see it. I've got two different pictures of hogs, Russian boar hogs on my property, yeah. but I've never seen one. And every one of the pictures, two pictures I had, was at nighttime. One was a sow with a bunch of piglets, and one was a big boar, big old boar. Yeah, and, and hogs do have a tendency to be more active nocturnally mm-hmm. when when they're in the wild. They will move around during the day, but they are very nocturnal. They do like to move around then. Yeah. Um, but they're just not good. They're not good in any state they've ever been in. They have impacts on natural wildlife. They have impacts on, on other aspects like hay fields, mm-hmm. destroying hay fields, tearing hay fields up, food, food plots. plots. thousands uh, of mean, dollars put in food plots. There's just a ton of... of financially things yeah. that that these hogs can mess up um just not to even consider the the native impact that they have competing against our natural animals yeah and they are not native to missouri no so, i mean there's that argument does not fly no no do you find a lot of farmers are willing to let hunters on their property if they know they have a hog problem is this something that like in the old days you used to door knock to get deer can you door knock nowadays to do hogs well Fortunately, here in Oregon County, we do not have a really bad hog problem yet. Uh, most of our hogs are still on the national forest. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 land a lot of landowners are cooperating with MDC to let us trap and all that stuff. Um, landowners every year that goes by, it seems like are more protective of letting people come onto their property. Um, and unfortunately, that's because of past experiences, uh, people trespassing on them without permission, uh, trashing their property. You know, they've had some bad experiences. So landowners nowadays are not nearly as willing to let people come onto their property and hunt as they was when I was a kid. I mean, when I was a kid, I mean, you could just about ask anybody. Yeah. yeah, and if they didn't have a, a family full hunting the farm, you know, they was like, yeah, you can go hunt. I don't care. Yeah, I want to get these deer out of here. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, and that's changed today. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with bad experiences. And then also a lot of people are worried about getting sued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah getting sued is, yeah. A, uh, is an issue. And also people ask permission. And uh, Alex, you know, this happens. Uh, hey, can I come hunt on your place deer season? Sure, you're welcome to come hunt. And then opening morning, the guy shows up, and he's got four other people. There you go. And who didn't ask permission. And now all of a sudden, Mr. Farm Farm Owner has got five strangers running around his 200 acres with high-powered rifles shooting everything in sight. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it really does get to be a problem. I, 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 I understand it completely. Well, that's those bad experiences I'm talking about. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, gr- great response. Thank you all for your responses and the great subject. Now we got that answer answered. Uh, any new rules and regulations for Missouri that we need to know about for all of our listeners? Well, as far as the deer hunting goes, I mean, we've already talked about one of the major ones, which is our CWD mandatory testing. Mm-hmm. That's new for here in Hall and Oregon County. Um, other than that, we don't really have anything new. We changed the leasee permit last year, so people ought to be up on that. Um, well, as far as leasees are not eligible for 
Yeah, a leasee residing on the property, we did away with that. Um, And and a lot of people brought up the 20-acre thing. That is actually not in effect this year. Oh, it's not in effect yet. It is not in effect yet. It will go into effect next year, I believe, for the spring turkey season. So everyone's still good on their five acres for this this fall. Um, Had a lot of questions about that as well. Um, And we've had some other questions about... Uh, some regulations that sort of came out or have been talked about about transporting CWD in and out. That's all stuff for next year. That's not this year's stuff. This year, everything's the same as always, all except for the CWD testing. I want to say from past previous years when I go hunt out of state, and uh, I don't know if the rule, uh, you just touched on it, I think, but uh, I would always call my agent, local agent, let him know that I'm bringing a deer from out of state to let him know. You are supposed CWD. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You, and I, you, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make sure all the listeners knew that if you go hunt out of state, you must have notification given to the local agent within your area. 24 hours. 24 hours. Yeah. yeah. And Alex, to kind of back that up here and we're running out of time, but in Arkansas, a couple of years ago, they decided that because of the CWD in the Northwest part of the state, uh, if you transport a deer from out of state into Arkansas, no bone. The deer, no bone. The deer has to be completely deboned before you cross into the state of Arkansas. Yes. And, and we're going to come up with something similar to that for next year. Um, I can't really tell. It's just going to be similar. That's all I'll say right, right now okay. to that. Yeah. We are going to have some restrictions on transport. So pay attention for that. Last question before we wrap it up. Yeah. What are the chances of getting the check stations back into effect? We really think, and we're adamant about getting it back, because we think it creates uh, interest from the kids. Check stations aren't coming back. Oh, man. I, hey, I grew up in the time of the check You loved stations. it, too. I, I, I did. I, I did. I enjoyed going to town. It, it was a very, uh, I mean, you went to town, you visited, you got to see people, you got to see other people's deer they killed. And, of course, people that, you know, killed really nice ones would usually hang around for a little while longer to oh, let yeah. more people see yeah. them and stuff. Um, unfortunately, nowadays, you know, it's sort of like Pandora's box. When you open it, and we've opened it to the age of the Internet, it's impossible to close that box. So, no, I, I don't see us ever going back mm. to those check stations. Um, but we're going to get a little semblance of it here in Oregon now with the CWD testing. <laughs> um, uh, and a lot of, you know, I talked to a lot of young people, and they're like, check stations? What's a check station? <laughs> yeah. you, know, they, they, you know, made me feel real It's kind of like peanuts and a Coke. Those, yeah. that, those that don't know will never miss it, right? Yeah, they'll never miss it. But then yeah. it made me feel old, though. Yeah, I know it what did. you're talking about. Where can people get more information? We're wrapping it right now on MDC for any rules and regulations. Where do they need to go? Um, well, if you're local... I mean, wherever you're at, you're local. Call your local agent or call your local regional office. Um, And if you're, you know, they will be able to get you in contact with who you need to talk to for whatever question you got. And, of course, anywhere you buy a hunting license, they've got the MDC, uh, the, the booklets. And, folks, you should get those and you should read through them because it gives you all the information you'll ever need. Oh, yeah, and if you're looking for an agent, you can go to our website, and there's a county down there, uh, a search down there for the county. You put the county in, right. it'll pop the agent up and the phone numbers. There you have it, folks. Thank you for listening to American Roots Outdoors. And remember this, when your roots are deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. 
Till next week, all my guests in the studio, Redbone Mike Crouse, producer, Wayne Locke, brand manager, co-host, uh, Officer Langston, Jimmy Clark, Jeff Danker, thank you for listening. Have a great and safe week. So you never got to worry what the wind.